Hey, it's Aidan here. Just before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know about something new. It's called the Magician's Business Group. We've just opened up a Facebook group designed to help you guys as entertainers grow and improve your entertainment business. So if that is you, if you are an entertainer that wants help growing and improving your entertainment business, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you right there. Or if you're like me, have the Facebook app on your phone, open it up and search for the Magician's Business Group and you'll go straight there. Anyways, back to the episode. Aiden, if yes. I said to you... I'm excited. <laughs> I know you are. But if I, uh, if I said a question, like who was the one person that's changed your career in magic in business or maybe just change your life in general i suppose all the magicians right now will be thinking oh is it i suppose colin cloud he's good or is it Darren brown david copperfield and and everyone will be thinking about all oh, magic 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 but in reality who has changed your life it is, and I, I, I'm so honoured to actually be saying this on the TSM podcast. It is the incredible mind of Scott Barry Kaufman. Scott is just incredible. I met Scott less than a year ago at the time of recording this, but Scott has had the most profound change on my entire life and outlook on the world around me, like more so than anything else. Uh, honestly, you're probably not familiar with him because he's not a magician himself, but my gosh does this man know uh, a thing or two about a lot of things or two scott for a bit of background he's a cognitive scientist he spe specializes in human potential and he has written nine ten incredible books all on a range of subjects from intelligence to creativity to transcendence and in 2015 he was named by business insider as one of the 50 groundbreaking scientists that are changing the way we see the world i mean Never mind Business Insider, I'm telling you that right now. You'll probably hear it in this episode. I, I was nervous as heck actually getting Scott on, and, and we're good at this point. We're having good conversations, but to actually bring him to you guys, we've mentioned him countless times on the podcast. Oh, see, I'm waffling now because I'm just excited for everybody to hear all of this stuff. Genuinely fantastic discussion on so many different things. I know. And he also, Aiden, runs the world's leading psychology podcast. And how many downloads does he have to date? How many millions of downloads does this man have to date? I'll be honest, it's too many millions. It's it's ridiculous. Honestly, j just buckle in. If you haven't got this already, you're going to want to really listen to this. And you'll probably use this. Save this link. And because you'll be coming back to it time and time again. I know I've listened to it several times by the time this recording has actually gone live. But honestly, Scott, if by chance you are re-listening to this podcast, Scott, I really appreciate everything that you've done. Uh, but for everybody else, I think they're about to appreciate you a whole lot more. So let's get stuck straight into this incredible interview with the one and only Scott Barry Kaufman. First things first, uh, Scott, I really appreciate that you actually uh, are spending some time to come and come and have a full-on conversation with us. Uh, that really, really means a lot. But a lot of our audience, uh, as, as good as it is to have you here, and as much as we've hyped you up, uh, and we've spoken about you and your work on countless other podcasts and through our courses and things, uh, uh, a lot of people probably still won't actually know who you are and, and what it is that you, you actually do. So who are you, Scott? Who are you? Well, you know, we're all multiple things. 
Um, we have uh, we all contain multitudes. Uh, some things that I enjoy doing, I enjoy um, uh, understanding the mind and creativity and the depths of human potential. To what extent can people, <clears throat> you know, what what can people be, you know, and how does that differ from who they currently are? Um, uh, I'm also interested in intelligence and uh, and IQ testing and and the way that we label kids in schools and and prejudge their potential before we give them a chance. Um, outside of psychology, I really enjoy hip hop dancing and um, break dancing. Let's see what else? Uh, cello. I play cello and um, I really like comedy. Um, I love going to st watch stand up comedy when when there's when there's not a pandemic. Um, I think the world needs more humor in in it right now. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I'm, uh, you know, I'm lots of things, but uh, I just am ravenously curious. At, you know, at the bottom about humans. I just love how modest you've been there, Scott. Yeah, I, I you know, I do these things. Ah, I'm interesting in all this cool stuff. I love doing this. Can I just say that Aiden has known you for a while now, and he has been speaking about me to like about you every single day oh my god oh my god scott's just shared something it has blown my he's changed me i've evolved as a human i guess you could say i've transcended like i have witnessed you destroy aiden you've literally ripped him to shreds and he's been rebuilt and reborn as a new human you've well, been so modest and just... i just watched this guy just like woof his brain has been changed because of you scott what you do is amazing well, th thank you, Ashley. I, that that means a lot to me. But I, I just want to give Ed Eden a lot of credit. I mean, he's um, one of the best clients I've ever had. He's 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 so smart and creative and talented himself. So, I I, I don't know how much I I did other than just uh, hold a mirror mirror up to him so he could see who he really is. Well, I'll, I'll take yeah. that. I'll definitely take that. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, honestly, okay. it's it's <laughs> instrumental. Well, I I mean it. I mean it. Yeah. Well, I, th I think for me, like obviously, uh, for a little bit of background for the listeners, we we first we first came in contact through the Zero to Dangerous program with the Flow Research Collective. That's right. Um, and That's and right. again, you was my it was my coach through that program, and it was honestly one of the best experiences of my entire life. Genuinely life changing. Mm -hmm. uh, and what really struck me was it was from working with you actually your your wealth of knowledge on so many different things. I mean, you've written so many books at this point it, across so many different subjects that realistically uh, like from people our end uh, in terms of the magic world they don't even know it's possible to learn about these specific subjects i think for us creativity is probably the biggest thing that people are uh, there's so many conversations about creativity and i think the big uh, mindset from our perspective is that you either are creative or you're not creative that that's that's it and a lot of people in the magic community probably get hung up on uh, the idea that they're not creative if they have if they're going through a certain block. I feel like I feel like magicians are really hard on themselves. I feel like every magician I've ever met is like a perfectionist, and and it's uh, and 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 so if they just go through a certain cycle where they're not, uh, they're like, oh, I'm not coming up with a the the newest and greatest thing. They're like, I'm not creative. I'm not a creative person. And they also, I find magicians tend to be very competitive. So. Um, they'll look at other magicians and see what someone else has come up with and then feel def defeated as though like, as though the whole field's a zero-sum game um, when it, I don't think it, creativity is a zero-sum game because I think that creativity is something that can 
uh, you can manifest um, that comes from your own uniqueness. And so the more you're, you get hung up on whether or not you're, you, you didn't, you're not as good as someone else, you're, you're, then you start worrying about self-actualizing someone else's self, and then that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean to self-actualize someone else's self? <laughs> you can't do that. That person couldn't do that to you. I think, I think that was the first one of the uh, the real standout uh, comments that you made when when we was working together initially actually hearing this uh, that 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 phrase of like I, I, at that point I was trying to self actualize to somebody else's success and it was it was this big jarring moment of actually oh hang on a minute I, I am I am me in this situation I I'm trying to to copy what other people because I don't know any different but as a result, like there was this trap, and it was—it's huge in the magic world. It's really—it's really quite profound. But again, is there any things that you particularly learned when you were obviously starting out with creativity? Was there any big uh, insights or, or things that just stood out as a as a almost like a surprise when you was exploring and, and diving deeper into the subject? I started out studying the the field of psycho uh, the field of creativity um, in grad school probably my first year in grad school um, I was came in there to study intelligence and traditional metrics and then the creativity field was really exciting to me because it uh, it argued that sometimes we need to even lower our intelligence or lower our cognitive control as the word goes to have creativity I thought that was an interesting sort of paradox um, because we, we talk about intelligence often and concentration often is like and self-control you know is such a good all universal good thing uh and i think creativity often requires a reduction in self-control quite frankly um you know spontaneity expression um a willingness to uh to ignore the external attentional field and go deep into your rich imagination and your inner um, your inner thoughts and, and feelings and really explore them and become intimate with them. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's not always the same kind of cognitive processes that you would find if you're taking an IQ test, for instance, or taking a standardized test. Uh, and sometimes those things are the opposites of each other, the kind of mindset required to do well on both. Well, I, so, th again, this is something that really fascinated me when I was, I was uh, learning about your approach to, to intelligence in and of itself, I'm going to ask the question. You've answered it countless times everywhere, and but why are IQ tests and these traditional intelligence tests bad, or why aren't they exactly what they're supposed to to be doing? Yeah, I I wouldn't say like they're they're good or bad. I mean, they're just tests. Um, they're like a blunt tool. You know, it's like saying is a hammer good or bad? <laughs> well, it's pretty bad if you smash an innocent person's head open with it. Sorry, that was a bit a bit too extreme, but yeah, that'd be bad. But it it's good if you if you fucking need a, a nail, you know, hit down. <laughs> That's good. I love it. So the point here, whoo, that was a quite quite a analogy. But just like an IQ test, you know, yeah, IQ test is pretty bad. Um, if you're using it to sort people into discrete categories in the world and prejudge their potential and say, well, if your IQ score is X uh, number, then you're highly unlikely to do Y in life, even if you're extremely passionate and motivated to do Y and 
maybe even show some promise for it outside of the IQ test. It's funny, sometimes people, edu educators will stick to the IQ test as the reality and ignore other realities. <laughs> and so that bothers me. Um, but the good, the, the, um, the good, so what, what could potentially be a good use of it? Well, sometimes there are a lot of kids who are poor or in poverty and um, don't really, um, there's no other way of us seeing that they have potential. You know, uh, maybe they live in an environment where um, there's just a poor academic achievement all around them and, and the standards are low that they can't demonstrate their potential in their school system. Sometimes an IQ test can pick up potential. Um, so I don't, I often like to say a really high IQ score is hard to get it by accident, but a low IQ score could be the result of many different uh, sources of. Um, for the forces of oppression, so to speak, you know, that can be pushing down on um, someone's potential um, where they're not able to show their few potential, true potential. But it's hard to like just walk into an IQ testing session and score like a 190 IQ, like, whoops, <laughs> <laughs> that's not testing anything real. Well, I mean, it's hard to do that by accident. Those are hard, hard items. So does that make sense? It really does. Um, and, you know, this this particularly <laughs> brings me back to the school system and how so much I think like the school system with exams is just like broken. And especially when I got, you know, put through school, it was very much you do the test, you get categorized, you get put in the thing, you get told you're great at this, you're not great at this. And it's like, oh, but I really want to do this. So that that really like hones true to me. And I want to bring this back to magic, for example, because I know there's a lot of magicians who who do things and they kind of there are exams you do in magic like to get into like certain magic clubs and all of that and some people get really down if they don't pass and in turn outside of exams i know people start performing and they start doing stuff and just because of like the views of the other people in the community saying oh you're not doing it like this therefore you're not good it kind of brings them down and and they kind of shy away from going out there and living up to their potential. So what would you say to people that are kind of going through that and feeling that? They know where they want to be, but everyone around them might just be saying, mm, you're not really great in this in this scenario. Yeah. It, uh, do you think magicians are really, um, really sense, highly, highly, highly sensitive, like hair trigger sensitive to the feedback of others, right? Because their whole, their whole entire livelihood depends. It's like comedians. Comedians and magicians, you guys uh, and gals, <laughs> um, really, uh, you know, have it have it tough because for your, you know, because you, it, you, as much as you don't want to link your performance to your self esteem or feedback to your self esteem, um, if if you're getting like uh, feedback that your work sucks, like that's gotta that's gotta uh, sting, but it's not something you need to take personally. It really isn't. Um, I think there is a, a lot of personalization, unnecessary personalization going on because um, maybe you're not viewing the situation properly. I think the best way to frame what you're doing is as uh, a craft and you want to become a master of this uh, craft and you want to constantly push new boundaries and be creative. And once you frame it that way, you realize that throughout the course of human history, um, the, the greatest creators or, or any creators um, the, the one characteristic they all share is this trial and error um, ability, this ability to um, to just realize that if they're if they signed up for the creative life, they've signed up for failure. 
Like that's as simple as that. Like you know, this it's going to be a nev an inevitable part of um, what you're doing, and and that'll that'll uh, require lots of negative feedback. It's like it's like any guy that's like trying to like become more attractive to women. You know, like you gotta you get to learn the ropes. You gotta fail or be rejected by a lot of women before you realize exactly what 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 uh, women want. <laughs> Or what some the kind of women you're trying to attract want, because women are obviously not all the same. <laughs> but, um, but uh, I'm on fire with my analogies today, aren't I? I'm loving this. Honestly, this is fantastic. <laughs> so, for, again, this is something that's really. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head when you said earlier on that. Oh, the, 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 the <laughs> I've got to keep it in there. So um, that was the good way. That the, was the good use of the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> This is fantastic. Uh, but you said it earlier on that magicians uh, and comedians in particular, like there's, there is a lot of negative feedback. And one of the things that we're really trying to uh, trying to work through and actually break through is something that I'm kind of uh, obsessing over a little bit at the minute in terms of getting using feedback for, for good, even if it is not exactly what you want to hear. But for, for a lot of it, it's it goes beyond just those surrounding people that, that Ashley mentioned earlier in terms of like, it's not just the, the friends and family that are, can often be the ones holding you back from, from saying going full time, for example, that's a really big one for a lot of performers. They want to turn it full time, but oh, it's not possible. You need a real job or, or all of these other crazy things that, that just don't seem to make sense, but it, it kind of, it, it's bigger than that. Like for us and for me in particular, I see it as it's a community thing. The whole magic community, speaking generally here, obviously not saying every single person's the same as this, but generally speaking, the community is very, very good at holding people within certain brackets and certain thresholds to the point that a lot of performers don't know how to challenge traditional ways of thinking. And and this is something that like we, we feel right now. Like we're, we're challenging an awful lot of things. And this is one thing that we're trying to help and, and support people with, but I, I don't know. And again, I, I, my a question really for, for me is sort of along the lines of how can people become more aware that there is potentially a different side of, uh, of something? How, how do like, how do we get out of traditional beliefs in regards to like the creativity and the, these overall things that have you got any thoughts on that? What, tell me more about what the traditional way of thinking is. So for, uh, for a lot of, um, but let's put it down to, to, to tricks, for example. I think that might be the easiest way. This is a, an example of a trick. You have to do it like this. You can't do it any other way because then it's not the right trick. That's huge. And, and as a result of that, performers believe, and magicians in particular, that this specific trick can only ever be done this way and it can only ever be done this way with this same script with these same mannerisms and i have to present it exactly like david copperfield would or, or darren brown would do but that's not creativity that's not your own unique creativity that you're bringing to the table i mean like what what would eden do i think you need to keep asking yourself you know what would eden do uh and and, and well you need to know yourself first to to a certain degree uh, there isn't one there isn't one you uh, but you need to know what your own quirky, unique style is. I think I have a good sense of that after uh, working with you. Um, but you know, I I think that you what you ideally want to do is create such a 
a, a imprint or a, like a, a, a handprint or a snowflake, you know, they're, they're like, it means something to be David Copperfield, right? Um, what, a, what a waste of tragic loss of potential for you to spend your life trying to, um, to do something uh, that, that resembles what it means to be David Copperfield, because that means your own unique existence would be uh, ignored, you know? So what, you know, I think what it, you want to create something where it's like, what does it mean? People say, uh, people are like, oh, that's an Aiden, that's so an Aiden O'Sullivan. Like, that's obviously an Aiden O'Sullivan uh, original um, uh, uh, magic trick. For good or for better or worse, quite frankly, you know, like whatever, like just like be unabashedly yourself, you know, and um, and try to like think about, um, you know, what what brings and amplifies your own unique style and personality. I feel, I mean, I feel like you have a very unique personality, um, and uh, uh, you're not. You're also like you're kind of like a. I'm trying to think of how I describe you. As a, I've never, I've never actually seen you. I, I did see you perform a magic trick, didn't I? The, uh, yes, co did. the coin in hand. Yeah, the coin in hand one. one. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> it's one of my favorites. Yeah, you're very welcoming as a magician, and um, yeah, you, you, you'll definitely be the kind of magician where you have the audience like on the edge of their seat, um, you know, with suspense and stuff. So I don't know. I, I, it, there's no easy answers here, but I think you just have to be very, very careful that you're not. Um, trying to to be what um already exists so does authenticity and creativity go hand in hand then very much so in fact so much that i i've argued that creativity is uh an emergent property of one's soul <laughs> authenticity is a big one because like so many people we hear it all the time we need to be our, our authentic, uh, authentic. We have to be our, our authentic self, or we have to be the best possible version of ourselves. But I, I'm really curious, like, what what does that actually mean to be your authentic version of you? How do how do we be us? Good question. Um, you're never, you know, you're being right now. You're being you, right? Not right. I mean, you you can't help but doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but you're constantly in a state of becoming. So you're constantly in a state of becoming uh, and realizing potentialities that you don't even realize. So in the, you know every single moment you're being, but, um, but the decisions that you make in that be being um, are, are helping you become something. And you need to have as much, you can have intentionality about it and you can have a really deep plan and deep, a clear vision of who you want to become and, and take steps to get there. Um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people become something that then they hate. You know, like 10, 20 years they're down the road, they look at themselves, they're like, what the fuck have I become? Right? And a lot of, right, right? They're, you know, sitting there, like, you know, weighing 8,000 pounds, watching Netflix, you know, no job on it. They're like, what? <laughs> when did this happen? It's because they haven't, they, they, there, was pro there was probably never a real clear vision of who they wanted to become and a, and a clear motivation um, and uh, drive. Um, to realize that. So their being just eventually became something they didn't want to be. So I think that, um, you know, you really need to, to think it through, um, think through these long-term goals, uh, long-term future image of oneself, future and fall in, and fall in love with that person. Um, 
E. Paul Torrance, the creativity researcher, uh, found that the kids who grew up to be the most creative in adulthood were the kids in elementary school who fell in love with a future image of themselves. Um, and it was as simple as that. It was, that was that was a better predictor than any standardized test score you could possibly give them in the school system. That's amazing. And what I particularly love about that, like I, I've got two things really, like to mention, and and from what you've said there, I'm I'm so glad that me and Aiden have this course for magicians, and we've laid it out with various different things. And week one of that course is talking all about life vision and business vision. And from what you've said there, I'm like, I'm so glad that's week one because it is the most important thing. Then it is. Well, it's 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 definitely up there. <laughs> it's also important to eat properly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to leave that at just eat at all. Like, that's also quite important. Go, uh, <laughs> can't forget that. You know, health and uh, exercise. Mm. So I suppose my second question, really based off that, is: Do you think that's why the because uh, I know a lot of people, um, magicians, regular <laughs> muggles that don't do any sort of wizardry, they, they come out of the school system and they kind of fall out of love of learning and they just kind of passively exist throughout life. I mean, is this why there's that important to to really enjoy the process of learning, always want to learn because it's something you love, find the thing you want to learn about, pursue that and also have that hand in hand with that learning within personal growth as well. Will this all be a benefit? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, yeah. The, the, you know, psychologists make this distinction between intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation. And um, it's really, you know, important to, to, to cal keep calibrating why you're doing what you're doing and how much it's... Uh, uh, connected to yourself and connected to your own enjoyment um, of uh, making it a craft um, as opposed to are you just you know doing it because you're you're chasing the likes or you're chasing the uh, the the accolades and and the you know but but I imagine that a big part of being a magician too is like you do a big a part of it is uh, the external feedback can't be completely intrinsically motivated like you just do intrinsic motivation and no one likes it but you're like oh but I like it you know you won't make any money <laughs> you, you need to please an audience I get that I get that Oh, oh my god, Aiden, like this guy is insane and I just want to take this time. I told you like, so. Honestly, it's mad, dude. I want to take this time to really just interrupt this podcast for the briefest of moments just to really address one thing that Scott said. He mentioned something about learning. It would be silly if we didn't continue learning within ourselves, our careers, everything in general. But the problem when you you want to learn in magic, all there is is just New tricks, new effects. That's all there is to learn. And occasionally you find stuff which is like, oh, I could learn a bit of marketing. And when you apply it to your own career, it's a bit naff. It doesn't really work and it doesn't do what it says on the tin. So people actually want to learn properly how to go further within their life, their career, and how to actually thrive. Where on earth do they go? Well, I would highly recommend that anybody listening that wants to thrive and get hustle-free in your entertainment business, you head over to thriveinmagic.com. That's thriveinmagic.com. Again, the link is just in the show notes. But we want you to actually pop an application through for our seven-week elite coaching course, Learn to Thrive. You know, 
alongside all of the daily video content that you'll get over the seven weeks and all of the bonus community and bonus resources that you'll get as a member of the Learn to Thrive community, there's something else that's really, really important and it shows through this episode. You know, Scott said it from the get-go that one of the things that he does is to simply hold a mirror up as a coach and show people their true potential. And that's exactly what we are doing in this course. Myself and Ashley, we're here to essentially be your coaches to help guide you through the full process, not just the course, but your entertainment business overall, improving your business performance and mindset. And our job is simply to hold up the mirror and make you excel at everything that you are truly good at. Again, if you really want to find out more details or pop an application through, head over to thriveinmagic.com and we can't wait to see you on the course. Anyway, with that said, we will go back to the amazing episode with the genius that is Scott Barry Kaufman. You know, what are the aspects of it? Like, I'm curious. I'd like to ask you, you two, what are the aspects of being a magician that uh, that light, light you up uh, the most? Smiles. Honestly, performing to someone, if they might be a little bit just kind of stressed or a little bit meh, and they're not the happiest they could be, and when you leave them just after five minutes doesn't matter about the silly little trick or what you say or do it's the moment afterwards which is so beautiful where they just suddenly that gleaming glow that gleaming smile on their face and they're like it's not even the wow reaction it's just the excitement that comes from within that for me is the most beautiful part i love that I, uh, yeah i think you've nailed that okay we're going to keep referencing the nail for at this point um yeah but from for me i like one of the things that i really love uh, about performing is is just the simple ability i I say simple it's the the simple opportunity to get so bound in the moment and, and just be present in that moment regardless of what's going on it's just that opportunity to just let everything else sit aside and and just stay in that moment just have that laugh lean in the uh, like on the edge of your chair and and just enjoy that that performance bit whether that's a bit or routine, a trick, or a whole show even, just being able to, to step outside of reality, almost like the, a level of escapism, but it's it's more just being there, just the present moment, like that for me. I think a lot of that comes down to it, to what, what Ashley mentioned there about actually seeing that visceral response from other people and having that connection with with the the one person, the few people, the audience, however however it is, that, that tying into the moment and, and doing it together. That's that for me just yeah it's great love it now it's very evident to me that that both of you are intrinsically motivated by what you're doing it's it's obvious and and you're choosing you know psychologists distinguish between growth goals and status goals and those are um very much growth goals um a very and and positive uh sort of like uh, a desired a pro there's a pro-social drive there as well you know you want to positively impact uh, someone's mental state, um, and, uh, and and you want to create experience, an experience of, of alternate reality <laughs> that that uh, lights people up. Those are great reasons to do it, and there there's there should never. I think so much of this comes down to depersonalization of what you do, and I know that you are interested in the topic of imposter syndrome. Uh, the the biggest reason why people have imposter syndrome is. Yeah, well, they're neurotic, first of all. They're, it's actually correlated strongly with the, the personality trait neuroticism. People with uh, high neuroticism tend to ruminate uh, a lot. Um, 
tend to negatively ruminate, you know, kind of, kind of constantly harp on what went wrong, what went wrong, what went wrong, and then if the slice thing went wrong, you know, personalizing it, um, maybe there's a lot of anxiety, high anxiety is a part of it as well, and posture. But I think all of that's kind of um, unnecessary. You know, the best, I've often said the best part to lower your neuroticism score is to just stop thinking about yourself so much. <laughs> and so, you know, you keep trying different things, um, to, uh, to see what lands more, um, or not, but keep, keep, keep the focus on the other, on the audience, keep, you know, keep that focus, keep the focus on what tweaks you're making, how you're, uh, changing your craft in a way, um, that is, uh, is, is working and, 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 and think of yourself as a creator, uh, a creator does trial and error. That's what a creator does. You know, like make that part of your identity. Make I am a creator more of an, of your identity than I'm a loser. Because imposter syndrome people will have I'm a loser as part of their identity. And what would you rather have? I'm a loser as your identity or I'm a, create, a creative person? I, th- I think side by side is pr- it's pretty obvious at this point. Uh, loser, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so yeah, this is something that's really fascinating um, on like imposter syndrome in and of itself. It's it's something that's it's huge in 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 our clients in particular, um, and, and many people that we have conversations with. It's just it's everywhere, and 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 what you mentioned there about actually just switching that focus and put putting it on something else, whether that's the craft or the audience. Like, I think for me that's really helped me get over that and move through those hurdles because at the end of the day I'm not being paid to or I'm not being asked to perform for other performers it, it's the late people in that moment it, it's the the the, the, the muggles or, or the the normal people however you want to you know, however you want to see it but like putting that focus and doing everything for them I know that like Ashley's been doing a lot of virtual events and online shows and every little change he's made in the past year has been made in favor of his audience and and it's just I mean I'm just going to make the comment but it's, it's really changed the way that he shows up to his performances so so I mean it works right it, it really it's being that level of focusing on the audience it's it's it, honestly it's a game changer but that we spoke about life vision and actually having that 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 navigation is that a set in stone thing is that something that we can plan for maybe a 10-year vision of ourselves and start making progress towards that only to then realize halfway well i think it's something that can always can constantly be in a state of change you don't want to ever rigidly stick to anything you don't want to rigidly stick to your values you know you don't want to rigidly stick to um that feature image of yourself because oh my gosh like even just during covid the past year my own image of my future self has changed so you you really have to be open to to that and uh to to things coming in and um and and changing things so i think you just need to be really in deep in touch with um with who you're becoming i think that's that's the key there is just to always be in touch with that uh meditation can help um journaling can help um uh, it's, you know, stepping back and reflecting. Um, there's various paths, uh, various potentialities that we can be actualizing at any at any one moment. Um, these things don't come out of the blue. Like a lot of these negative uh, uh, 
long-term things like addictions and things. I mean, they're, they're the result of lots of tiny little choices that were made, you know, um, uh, maybe in a non-thoughtful way, you know, which then led someone to, you know, uh, get to a point in their lives where they've become something they didn't want to become. Um, so just just think about, you know, this action, this uh, this big decision I'm making, what's the, uh, like, do the envision, envision what the end point of it is, you know, you know, like, is this going to go well? Is this going to lead well? Is this going to lead well? There are a lot of decisions I make. I'm like, Scott, that's not, that's not going to lead to anything good in the long run. Now, it was great in the moment, but come on. So we talk a very delayed gratification kind of thing here. Yeah. It's one way of thinking about it. But another way is that you're just choosing your future self. So I suppose that's really coming to grips and and just becoming happy with, with what's ahead of you then. And then when you're happy, you're more kind of contempt with your, your life in general. Is that kind of where we're going with this? Yeah. That's mm. a great way of putting it. Yeah, that... You know, you, uh, you, when you have hope for something, um, hope for a future self, you you just become so energized and you become... Um, so uh, what psychologists call approach motivation as opposed to avoidance motivation. Um, uh, you, you're, you're, you're being called into the future. And so that you try, so you try to chase that future, you know, and that's why, that's why having a calling is, is so important or feel like you have a calling in life. And, uh, it, uh, it's no easy feat, um, to, to have a calling, but, um, it's usually happens when you really listen to the needs of others and, uh, and not just focus so much on yourself, but you get outside yourself in some way and transcend your being. There you go. Which is a fantastic book, by the way, if anyone wants to pick up Transcend by Scott Barry Kaufman. You read it? Amazing. It's on the list and it's going to come, Scott. And I'm so excited. And I know so many magicians in our network have already ordered it because Aiden, in every single coaching call, is like, right, if you want to get started, I'd recommend this book because it's going to change your life as well. Um, so 100%, if anyone's listening now, like, grab the God book. Bless Amazing. Aiden. God bless um, Aiden. But, but on top of Aiden selling a million and one books for you... Um, what I particularly pick up on is you mentioned the importance of authenticity at the beginning. And now what it sounds to me like authenticity within the future and what you're becoming. But I come back to this as of the time of recording this this morning, Aidan, we, we was chatting with someone and he really said he knows he needs to break free. He knows he needs to stop kind of being like everyone else and find his unique thing and, and just be him. And he was saying to us, how and and he was really really struggling to find that authentic self within he was really struggling to find himself in that moment and although he was looking for it although he he knew kind of like where he was coming to grips with kind of his future vision it all came back to who am i so for the people listening who have gone through this episode now scott thinking this is great but how do i know who i am where would they start well this is the wrong question you because you'll never know um people want to know something that's unknowable um the a much better question is which potentialities within within me do i most wish to self-actualize you know it's a fool's errand to just spend your whole life trying to discover who you are you know there's you know there's so many different selves sub selves as psychologists call them you know there's the kind of self you know that you become when you're triggered by you know like jealousy for instance you know like or you're triggered by um 
there's kind of self you become, you know, just there's, there's so many different sides, environmental stimuluses that bring out different evolutionary drives in us, you know? Um, but trying to think to yourself, well, like I see within me that there's this, uh, real interest in magic and, um, it's for some reason beyond outside of my understanding comprehension, it resonates with me. Um, and so therefore I'm going to spend my time actualizing those potentialities, um, and just stop worrying about who you are, you know, um, we don't have free will, um, just to, just to, just to drop that right there. Um, so it doesn't matter <laughs> in the, in the, uh, of knowing, cause you never know. Um, there's like who we are is, and all the different sides of ourselves are the result of a long chain of causes going back to the Big Bang, right? Um, it's a fool's errand to try to figure out, why do I like pizza? You know, why do I like women with red hair? You know, why do I like, you know, you can keep, you know, it, the re it's, there are so many, so many factors that have caused that to be the case. Um that you'll you'll you never know, and then you'll never know, uh, and then and then there's, you'll never know like uh, all the sides, all those aspects of who you are, right? So it's and there's no one aspect, there's no one who you are. Uh, what a lot of people mean by that, who am I? Is they want to know what is my highest potential? That that's really what they want to know. That's so. Let's just double click on that. You know, is that fair? So how do they find their highest potential then? Where would they go now that they know that? Where would they go from there? Well, you don't find it; you develop it, um, and it starts. It's a, it starts with uh, the seeds of passion. It starts with the seeds of um, uh, of this intrinsic motivating feeling that you, uh, or uh, curiosity or interest in something. Um, you you don't have the highest. No one has their highest potential fully formed. Uh, Michael Jordan didn't pop out drunk dunking from the free throw line. You know when he was born, he didn't. You know. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> imagine, imagine no, that, would, that, that would visual, that, <laughs> you know, like that was something he really had to develop. And, uh, you know, so uh, I think so much this is just like thinking about it in the right way that's more, uh, more productive. Yeah, that's amazing. And then that comes back to learning and obviously that self-development, one, wanting to grow as a person. But do you think kind of creative visualization and you mentioned obviously meditation, but do you think creative visualization and future envisioning is is really important for people to, to go through and do as part of this? Uh, you know, do it constantly, constantly doing these kinds of visualization meditations um, can be super important, but yeah, there, I think there's other ways of moving towards your future self and, um, they can operate within the structures of conversations with friends. It doesn't have to be a solitary endeavor, you know, like, you know, you two seem like friends <laughs> to me. <laughs> you two seem like, you know, like how can, how can each of you kind of, um, uh, you know, take turns, uh, saying what they see as someone's highest potential? Because sometimes we have our own blind spots, you know, I think it's, it's just, don't don't leave it all up to yourself you know um sometimes that's why it's good having a coach you know um someone that can kind of see uh your your highest potential in a way that you may not have even realized you know i that happened to me i was in special ed as a kid i was like i had a learning disability i was um uh, probably ADD up the kazoo um and uh you know as you can see even in this interview <laughs> 
can't have trouble concentrating. No, I'm joking. Um, but um, you, you see, um, uh, when I was a kid, you know, I had a teacher who took me aside in ninth grade and was like, you know, what are you doing here? I, I think that you're capable of more, and it changed my life. Well, I, I love that. I love that. That's all coming around full circle, and and actually. It, what you said there about actually having somebody else, whether that's a coach or a friend or, or just somebody that you're really close with, to be able to to hold up that mirror and show you that highest potential, that it, that's the game changing level. Uh, are, are there are there are there things that we should l look for? I mean, for 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 me, it was very much a case when we met. It was very much a case of I was going through zero to dangerous, and we met through that program. There is a. Uh, it's a bunch of decisions that ended up us put coming together and actually having that opportunity there. But if we if we wasn't to go through this in a, a coaching situation and we was going to look at this in a more everyday life situation with friends, family, and things, uh, do we th should we look at the existing relationships that we've got, or, or do you think it's easier to look for new relationships? Yeah, yeah but also you know uh, there you can have toxic people in your life. I hate to say it. Um, you can have people who uh, are not only like, – do you have certain people where you, when you talk to them, you feel like they're not looking at your highest potential? <laughs> it's like it's – like, it's amazing how we can be different people under different social situations and as well as we can feel like different people. That's why it's very important to say like don't say like who am I, who am I because that doesn't really – that you know, we're, we're so uh, – it, it depends so much on different environmental triggers. You know who we are. If you're if you're feel if you're in an environment where you feel threatened, you feel like people. Let's say you're in a room full of like the society for like, you know, anti magicians. You know, and uh, you're at you're at one of their meetings. You know, you're gonna you're not gonna feel like they're seeing your highest potential. You're gonna go in threat mode. So so seek out seek out. You know, surround yourself with with the the best with the people who will. Um, that that you feel like your 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 highest potential is being seen. Yeah, I think I think the quality of relationships is something that I've really learned uh, learned from you and through your, through Transcend in particular. Actually, the the importance of having those good quality relationships and and exercising the control of actually being able to look at the existing relationships and 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 understand and and make make adjustments to say the least. Uh, to actually like to put that into the perspective of like having those good quality relationships to help see those blind spots and and help each other see those blind spots. I, th I think Keith Ferrazzi actually talks about this in the t um, in the networking context when he talks about recontracting friendships, actually being able to commit to going to higher together through that co elevation process uh, and actually set it out almost like a almost like a a, a contract in that sense like something that me and Ashley did like we recontracted our friendship when we set up the successful mentalist as the, as a company as an entity so that we could look out for each other's blind spots and look out for uh, any any strengths weaknesses and, and just use those to our, our highest potential I think that's that's been a game changer I think I love it I love it this this podcast sounds great you guys put together there we go. Well, we've got you, a quotable review there. This podcast <laughs> is great. Scott Barry Kaufman. I said it sounds great. 
Sounds good. There you go. There we go. Don't 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 magician my uh, quote. I tried, Scott. I tried my hardest there, but it didn't get past a genius. God dang it. Oh, <laughs> uh, then. Um, who who are tell me more about this podcast? So who are so magicians listen to it? So we've got we've got magicians, uh, mentalists, uh, entertainers uh, from all across the world. I think we've got people. Uh, literally, we checked this morning. We have eighty seven countries on the list. Um, oh people, wow! Which is amazing. Honestly, it's it's bizarre. Like uh, the, so, there are countries on this list that we've not even heard of, but yeah, they're tuning in from everywhere to to listen and learn. And again, we're operating on those four pillars, business, mindset, performance and health. And we're, we're nailing those four with our audience. And if they can transform even just one area of, of the four or one element of one area of the four, then we're already doing our job to improve the quality of life for all magicians. So cool. Yeah. Well, that's why yeah, we put it together. That's wonderful. Because I, I know that in the community in general, everyone just focuses on kind of the, the tricks or business, but no one focuses on kind of what's going on up here, everything else, and especially what you've spoken about today. And that's why we want to be a, a change maker within the industry. And that's why we've put this together. And we've got like a plethora of different resources to, to help people. And as Hayden said there, change people's lives, get them living the life that they want to live. Love it. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Well, Scott, as, we, as we're coming up to the end of this uh, conversation, I'm going to ask the question that, that I don't particularly like um, in, in podcast interviews, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> Is there anything that we should have asked you that we didn't? Um... And notice this awkward, the awkward silence as they're racking their brains. This is why I don't like it. This is the first time I tried asking the question and it just, I knew it was going to happen, Scott. I knew it. <laughs> the tumbleweed of silence. I, I I just hope it was a value to you. Um, there's not, you know, this was, there was nothing that I wanted to say. I, I just wanted to be able to uh, answer any questions you had. So I feel like I'm the one that should ask you that question. I'm trying to give you value. <laughs> is there anything that I didn't say that uh, you wanted me to say? <laughs> there is one. And yes. is it all right if I bring it up, Scott? Um, very quickly at the oh, end. Look, here's the thing. Uh, you know, magicians, we've already mentioned it, they're so focused on on tricks and tricks and business and business and they never really think about performance. They never really think about how they think and sometimes they go do get stuck in that rut and I know me personally, everything you've said, I, I really resonate with that, especially getting categorised and labelled. Like, being autistic, like, I, I identify that uh, quite a bit, especially, you know, as you're going through. And I know a lot of magicians also have this problem. And they, they kind of get restricted with how they think. And no one's talking about it. But the information you share is amazing. So my question to you is all the magicians that are listening right now, where can they go to find your amazing stuff? And where can they go to purchase everything that you've ever put out there? And where can they go to learn from you? Oh, that's really kind of you. Um, so I put, I put everything up at scottbarrykaufman.com. Um, I, have, I have a podcast called The Psychology Podcast, and um, actually just uh, I haven't announced it yet, but I'm starting a new center. Um, uh, I'm starting a new center. Uh, the center, well, I, don't even, I won't even call it to tell you what the name of it is, but um, I almost did. You'd be the only ones. Uh, but uh, I'm starting a new center that um, will have uh, all sorts of like 
you know, course offerings and coaching options, and you can choose various coaches and stuff. But um, I want to be a real hub for uh, for for helping with uh, the the science of human potential is what I really care about. So. Um, but scottberrykaufman.com, you'll be able to find all that. Um, thanks for asking. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed talking to you two today. I, you two today. I feel like you're both like really just uh, like well-meaning um, and really highly creative individuals. And I think that that's, that's a great combination. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here. It's been so eye-opening, so insightful. And I particularly love taking guests on a podcast for magicians that aren't magicians you know the the people which are the 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 real game changers in the world which are disrupting kind of society and offering you know new ways of thinking and obviously uh, a couple of awesome courses which will uh, help with that as well thank you all the best to you guys thank you and thank you for being here scott it's been amazing and after countless TSM podcast plugs in the past and across our private social media and in every conversation that I ever have with people, we have finally got Scott on the platform, on the podcast. And honestly, it was such a good conversation. I'm still excited now. And I'll be honest, we're recording this outro completely at a different time from actually recording Scott's episode. I'm still so excited. And I hope that you guys got as much value from this conversation as we did. Ugh. Ashley, ah, I'm, yeah, so excited. Yeah, honestly, I think it was just one which was so eye-opening. So just, oh, it really changes the way you think about life in general and, and the world and, and, and everything. Scott is an absolute genius in his own right, and I think that's why he, he runs the number one psychology podcast within the world. That's why he guests on some of the biggest podcasts in the world. And the fact that he come on a magic podcast with us it truly does mean a lot. I know I've taken a lot from this. I really hope you guys have taken a lot from this. And I think it's going to be one of those podcasts, Aiden, that I'm just going to have to listen back to time and time again because there's just too much to actually take away in one listen. There's so much advice shared, mainly because a man is an absolute genius. Honestly, uh, as I said, I've known Scott for less than a year and he's changed my life in so many ways, more than I'll ever be able to thank him for. But honestly, please go and listen to the Psychology Podcast. Uh, go and listen to a bunch of the episodes there. Scott's doing an incredible job over there. But please, if you haven't already taken a, an opportunity to go and buy his latest book, Transcend, The New Science of Self-Actualization, please do that immediately. Not only is it perhaps one of the most interesting and fascinating reads, but it genuinely will show you more about yourself than ever possible. Please just uh, go and get that book, follow Scott and support Scott. And again, save this episode link because you're going to want to listen to it again time and time and time and time and time and time and time again until by that point, hopefully we'll have Scott, Scott on for another episode and then even better, like win-win. Oh, I'm, I'm just so excited. Can you tell I'm excited? Like, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to I'm going to shut up now because I'm excited about this. He really is excited. And oh, honestly, words cannot explain it. It's been absolutely fantastic. And I just want to say, guys, if you did enjoy this podcast and if you want to get and see more incredible guests just like Scott or anyone else, then we need your support. Let us know, first of all, who you'd like to see on the TSM podcast. And if you want to support us and... It would just be really nice for us to see as well. Leave a little review below. We'd love to see exactly what your thoughts are, your good, honest thoughts. And heck, 
if you could even go the extra mile and share the TSM podcast with your friends across the globe, wow, you'd be supporting our magician, our mission to really help and support and change the lives of every single magician across the globe. And that would honestly mean the world. But that's enough from me. Enough from Aiden. I'm going to let him be quiet now because otherwise he's going to continue fangirling for the rest of hours and hours and hours to come. Thank you for listening, guys. My name's been Ashley Green, Aiden O'Sullivan. And of course, this episode has been with none other than the absolute genius Scott Barry Kaufman. Hey, it's Aiden here. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, it would really mean the world to us if you just took a moment to leave a rating and a review on your preferred podcast player. That way it just helps us grow the show and get it into the ears of more listeners across the world in a non-creepy way. Also, when you're ready to roll, here are three ways that we can help you right now. Number one is to join our free Facebook group. It's called the Magician's Business Group and we're creating the most valuable space on the internet for entertainers that are looking to grow and improve their business. We'd love you to join us inside, so to do that, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash group and the magic of the internet will take you straight there or just pull open Facebook and search for the Magician's Business Group. Number two is to take our new quiz. It'll help you find the biggest opportunity in your entertainment business right now. And in just a few quick questions, you'll be presented with a seven minute breakdown of your biggest opportunity and how you can actually go about tackling that to help increase your entertainment business and boost it completely. In order to take the quiz, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash quiz. And we'll be able to get you your results. Number three, momentum. If you'd like to make an extra two grand a month in magic without paying a penny for advertising, we'd love to help you. Our latest coaching program, Momentum, is designed to get you booking gigs every single week for at least £500 so that you can be growing your entertainment business without having to worry about websites or business cards or advertising or any of that kind of stuff. To find out more, just head over to thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum. That's thesuccessfulmentalist.com forward slash momentum, and we'll send you all of the details.